Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 465, September 28, 2020. 91 degrees on this day in 1898, 26 degrees in 1942, and I got curious, when, when was our last 90? Is it today? No, I came up with October 10, 1928. Nice. It hit 90. Nice. That, but I, there's nothing after that, baby. Oh. Mm-hmm. And now, from the mayor's office, oh, was that above too loud? the boathouse <laughs> on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. All I know is, when I talk to my tax guy <laughs> next year... We're going to get a $70,000 deduction for my hairstylist (laughs) because I'm in the entertainment business. There you go. I have to make public appearances. Mm -hmm. I have to have my picture taken. I'm going to get, why can't I? If if Trump can get 70 grand for his hair, why can't everybody in this country? Well, why can't everybody in the entertainment industry? Get seventy grand for their hairstylist. I'm also going to pay and the CP. And it still looks bad. <laughs> I'm also going to declare one hundred thousand dollar consultancy uh, consultancy fee for the CP. How so? Well, she's yapping at me all the time about what the show should be like. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yes. Isn't that consultation? I w- in my book, it sure as hell is. There's a hundred and seventy right off right there. <laughs> Boom. I always said the reason uh, the president was reluctant to ever share his taxes. Had to be for one of two reasons. He either didn't pay any, or he doesn't make as much money as he wants us to think he does. It appears that both are true, according to a New York Times investigation of his tax returns. Uh, he's paying 750 bucks a year. Now, he's obviously paying other taxes, and his his followers are going to say, well, this is just more fake news. The New York Times is out to get him, and CNN is out to get him, and... and uh, but the Times is not going to report that unless it's true. They're, they're getting it off some type of base IRS documents. And the frustrating part about it, and it's being played on both sides of this political shell game, is just because you don't agree with something doesn't mean it's not true. That goes for both sides. Well, I've said this a million times. In the old days, I'm talking 40 years ago, A columnist could write a piece, and readers, more often than not, read that columnist because they enjoyed his or her writing. Mm -hmm. Today, the column is viewed only through the lens of whether it's politically agreed with. Because I wrote a fairly benign column yesterday about, Trump, we're exhausted, we got a lot going on. Don't don't threaten us with this uh, not peaceful transfer of power. Right. And 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 the and the emails are vitriolic. Time to hang it up, Joe. You're done. Blah blah blah. Which is fine. I don't care. My point is, no one re- we're we are just so divided. Oh, it's, it's pathetic. It's really it's frightening to be honest. How how, how do you defend? Trump not paying taxes when you have to. 
you're a seventy-five thousand dollar a year worker in whatever field. You're gonna be you're gonna pay fifteen, sixteen times more in taxes than he has. How can that be? And why seven hundred and fifty bucks? Was that the is <laughs> right. that the minimum That's his number? That's his number. Is that the minimum amount that you need to pay? <laughs> Even when declaring losses, he has managed to enjoy a lavish lifestyle by taking tax deductions on what most people would consider personal expenses, including residences, aircraft, and $70,000 in hairstyling. Well, I'm going after the hairstyling. I can't write off an airplane. I don't have one. I can't write off hotels. He has reduced his tax bill with questionable measures, including a $72.9 million tax refund. That is the subject of an audit by the Internal Revenue Service. Many of his signature businesses, including his golf courses, report losing large amounts of money, losses that have helped him to lower his taxes. And that's the other thing. His, his, uh, his followers will say, you know, more power to him. He's doing everything possible legally to pay the, uh, the smallest amount of taxes he can. I've already heard that from people. I've already heard. Who can blame him? Uh, wouldn't you do the same thing? If the loophole was there, I sure as hell would. Yes, I can tell you that right now. I want to pay as little amount of, of taxes that I can. That's what, When I go to the tax guy, write it up, Ward. Write it up. But see, it never occurred to me to deduct haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, that's a personal expense. But what he apparently was able to do was declare it as a working expense because he was on television. Well, I don't know how these laws are interpreted to allow that. Somebody should have said to him, B as in B, S as in S, you don't get 70 grand worth of haircuts or hairstyling deducted from your taxes. Well, it is New York. I mean, what the hell? Uh, He's under a lot of pressure, too. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars in loans. He personally guaranteed they're coming due. Uh... As president, he has received more money from foreign sources and U.S. interest groups than previously known. The records do not reveal any previously unreported connections to Russia. It's important to remember that the returns are not an unvarnished look at Mr. Trump's business activity. They are instead his own portrayal of his companies compiled for the IRS, but they do offer the most detailed picture yet available. Do you think that that's why he ran to begin with? I think he ran for vanity. I think he ran for... I remember reading something that he was a a guest at a White House press dinner that was presided over by Obama. Mm -hmm. And Obama uh, cleverly ripped the hell out of Trump. And and Trump started seething about that and uh, decided that he would run for president. Hmm. But I I don't know. I mean, Rook, you're a big Trump family. I don't know how this is going to sit with you. Uh, you know what? You're, you're paying more in taxes than he is. Yeah, no, I, and I do not like that. <laughs> no. This is one of the first years I really had to pay. Uh, I Listen, everybody is going to try to grind out as much as they can for taxes. $70,000 in haircuts, uh, it doesn't really pass the I'm normal test. It doesn't pass the common sense test. It's Well, plus how many... It's frustrating. You know, Virtually all of us in America can't afford the kind of legal help he must have enlisted to pull this off. Right. 
Now, see, I was always under the understanding that the the IRS would come after you if you had an audit, and, and they want to make it worth their their time, so they want to get that much money out of you. So there's really no reason for them to come after me and audit because they're not going to really find anything grand. But I think for President Trump, uh, somebody could raise a question to uh, I don't know about seventy grand in haircuts. Well, we're 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 too hung up on the haircuts, the larger, and that's my fault. I brought it up because I'm going to I'm going to do that. Uh, <laughs> but the larger picture is just. Uh, a tremendous and apparently successful manipulation of the tax codes to avoid paying. All right, then let me be the one to play devil's advocate. Here we go. Um, El Diablo. Because he, he's, and I'm not going to do the whataboutism because we don't do that on this show. Well, we try not to. We try not to, but you have to admit that he's not alone in, in doing this, right? There, of course not. So... I'm just look like for right now, Joe. Trending right now on, and I know you hate this, but trending right now on Twitter, the top four stories right now. Yeah. Trump paid 750 in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017. Ilhan Omar, Hunter Biden. Those are your top three trending stories right now. Mm-hmm. Well, we should uh, get into why Ilhan Omar is Omar is a top trending story. Uh, because you're not going to read about it in the Minneapolis paper or the New York Times or the Washington Post. Or hear about it on local radio. Uh, but the story is, here, I have it here. I want to set it up because we'll play some audio for you. Uh, a ballot harvesting racket in Democratic Representative Ilhan Omar's Minneapolis district where paid workers illegally gather absentee ballots from elderly Somali immigrants appears to have been busted by undercover news organization Project Veritas. One alleged ballot harvester, Liban Mohammed, the brother of Minneapolis City Council member Jamal Osman, is shown in a Snapchat video rifling through piles of ballots strewn across his dashboard. Just today, we got 300 for Jamal Osman, says Mohammed, a.k.a. King L. Ban 1, in the video. I have 300 ballots in my car right now. Numbers don't lie. You can see my car is full. Uh, uh, all these here are absentee ballots. Look, all these are for Jamal Osman, uh, he says, uh, displaying the white envelopes. Okay, stop right there. Um, does the Does the allegations get to the point where... Uh, he says we're stealing them for Ilhan Omar. It does in the clip. The video posted July 1st was obtained by Project Veritas and included a 17-minute video expose, expose release Sunday night. Under Minnesota law, no individual can be the designated agent for more than three absentee voters. Uh, our investigation into this ballot harvesting demonstrates clearly how these unscrupulous operators exploit the elderly and immigrant community, said James O'Keefe, founder and CEO of Project Veritas. The alleged involvement of Omar is claimed on camera by two people in the Veritas investigation, including whistleblower Omar Jamal, a Minneapolis community leader and chair of the city's Somali watchdog group. He claims Mohammed is one of Omar's many people. It's an open secret. She will do anything she can to get elected, and she has hundreds of people on the streets doing that, he told Veritas in an on-camera interview. It's not only here, it's all the DFL machine, the state of Minnesota. The regulations, if you ignore that and you let corruption and fraud become a daily business, then tough luck, the country will not exist as Americans know it. 
Also implicating Omar's campaign in the scheme is an anonymous Minneapolis-based former political worker who told Project Veritas that before Minnesota's primary elections, August 8, ballast ballot harvesters took every single ballot from elderly people in a Minneapolis public housing complex, the Charles Horn Towers. Knock on the door and say, your ballots, give it to me. She alleges Omar's long-serving staffer campaign deputy District Director Ali Ganey was coordinating everything. Ganey, who was working in Ilhan's campaign, is the one who was managing the voting place. They bring them, they line them, they put the open ballots in there, then they take them in and say, here, and the people mark the ballots. They have perfected this system. They will tell you, we are applying for your ballot. They take a picture of your Social Security and your driver's license. They have a database. When the ballot comes, they track it. Sometimes they make fake emails. They track the ballot, and they come and pick up the ballot unopened. Uh, They don't give a bleep about any Somali. The DFL wants to win this state at all costs, and the victims are the Somali people. Okay, let me stop again. I I don't know who's taking these videos, uh, and I don't know what would compel the people in these videos to reveal their complicit behavior in fraud. Does that make sense that... uh, You'd, you'd welcome some videographer into your car and, and brag about the 300 ballots you have on your dashboard? Well, the two videos, though, Joe, have you have you watched the video or just listened to the audio? Because when you watch the video of the first gentleman, and some of it, I know we're going to play it here, but but it, it, you, you can't understand it, but there right. are subtitles. And right. it's, it's he's taking his own cell phone video. He's mm-hmm. not on camera, you know what I'm saying? So he's it's almost he's being braggadocious about it. So someone intercepted that video on that guy's cell phone that's how it was obtained so he was he was with like-minded people when he explained this correct okay correct and so that's i'm trying to explain it to the to the glers that when you hear this clip it's just about two minutes long some of it isn't uh, you can't understand it but there are subtext behind it we can explain that i guess after the fact all right james o'keefe here in downtown minneapolis at the scene of the crime the person you're about to meet, Liban Muhammad, a.k.a. King Liban One, boasts about the hundreds of absentee ballots in his car. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. We don't have a absent ballot. We don't yeah. There was video, you can see the video, there was a video out and about that he has the ballots in his car. Right. And talking about the only way you can win is with money. I was looking at them and they were not filled. They were blank. Who is the one filling out the absentee ballots? So People who work uh, with, like, Han Omar. Where do they pay the money? The, the minute we sign the thing, the election, that's what you can pay. Money is everything. Money is the key in this world. If you ain't got money, you should you should not be here. Period. At the end of this street, yes, there's three towers called Horn Towers. Okay. And it's all seniors, and they took every ballot. Every ballot. They just take them from them. Every single ballot. Knock on the door and say your ballots come. Give it to me. Give it to me. They don't even pay them for it. They just take it. No, and the ones that didn't vote on ballots, the young people and the women and stuff, they were paying cash, cash, cash. They were getting bags of money the last one week here to, to, to drive people. So there's a vested interest, but we are victims of the system. 
they don't give a shit about any Somali. Two in the morning, still hustling. Who is the one filling out the absentee ballots? People who work uh, with, like, Han Omar and other candidates work for them. They came to us to our apartments. They tell us that this year they're going to go for it. You don't go nowhere, you stay home, we will tell you to fill out the absentee ballot. When it comes, we'll come and get it. You just don't go nowhere, you stay here. They fill out for us. Well, three things. Wow. One, in order to understand that, uh, I would uh, I would say the GLers should watch it because then you do get the... Uh, yeah, with the subtext, it helps Subtitles. Out. Yeah. Two, uh, I have not a single doubt in my mind that Ilhan Omar would be capable of being engaged in such a racket. Oh, of course. Yep. But three, I got to put on the way I was taught journalism hat and point out that... Uh, I'm not quite sure I understand how all this works. I'm not sure I understand who's taking the video. I'm not sure I understand for what purpose. It, it, it's it's. It, I need more uh, than a guy showing me some ballots on the dashboard of his car. Uh, it would require a team of reporters to get to the bottom of what James O'Keefe thinks he's gotten to the bottom of with his project Veritas. He's done some interesting things over the years. But this is, uh, again, Omar has displayed for us, because of her activities, uh, she has displayed for us her uh, perfect capability of, of being engaged in something like this and p- possibly even uh, protected by layers and layers of people who who she could distance herself from and deny any knowledge of this. Right. And if she's approached or asked about it, what's the immediate reaction going to be? Well, well you're, you're attacking me because I'm a Muslim woman. Thank you. But again, for clarity, there's not a lot of clarity there. There's not a lot of clarity there. And, you know, it, it, it borders on a, uh, a social media rant, which I've said before, we we cannot accept getting our news from social media. What's the real shame here is is that legitimate news gathering, if if you want to consider the Star Tribune legitimate news gathering, and I do, or Fox Nine for uh, Care, KSTP, KSTP Pioneer Press. Why aren't they doing this? Huh. Well, keep in mind that in the Seattle Times story about the hiring of a $150,000 a year pimp to act as a city street czar, not one word of his criminal past was ever mentioned. And that's in the Seattle Times, which would be their newspaper of record, their their version of the Minneapolis or St. Paul paper. Not one word of this guy's criminal past ever mentioned here. So now here you have... And you can't tell me that reporters and editors at the Pioneer Press and Star Tribune haven't been made aware of this Project Veritas video, this sting, if you will. But again, it, can you honestly say that it provides clarity for you? Um, what it does is it provides one more thing about her that we wish we could see examined. <laughs> but it's but the, the the fact that and you said it earlier, Joe, the fact that it's completely believable 
should frustrate everyone. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm going to go back to it. This is this is you know, I'm now in 100 percent in your camp. This needs to be done done away with absentee balloting. Mm-hmm. It absolutely needs to go away. We had the well, story. In, we had the story in Pennsylvania last week, where uh, a bunch of absentee ballots were disposed of. Right. Oh, we're going to be in for such a, a mad adventure. There's this story: voters poorly marked ovals could lead to contested ballots. This is from Five Eyewitness News. Amid the pandemic, more people than ever are expected to bypass their polling place and cast absentee ballots. Voters marking ballots from home could lead to an increase in the kinds of mistakes that typically would be caught by a scanner or election worker at the polls. Experts say that's likely to mean more ballots with questionable marks requiring a review. (laughs) That's not necessarily a bad thing under normal circumstances, but President Trump has repeatedly questioned the integrity of mail-in voting, and his campaign has already challenged aspects of it in court. While the ballots subject to review have historically represented a tiny portion of overall ballots, it's possible disputes could arise and end up as part of a Florida-like fight, especially in battleground states like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. This could be 2000's hanging chad in Pennsylvania, said Suzanne Almeida, interim director of the state chapter of the nonpartisan watchdog Common Cause. Potential challenges, delays in results, questions on which ballots count and who counts them, there are just a lot of questions that could open up Pennsylvania to a lot of uncertainty. And I've never really thoroughly gotten my arms around describing what's become of elections, but it's something we've talked about for 10 years. Uh, secretaries of state, most principally, have managed to make vote. They've fixed everything that was never broken about voting. And this encouragement to vote, which has been passed off as some sort of uh, grandiose patriotic virtue. Look what we're doing. We're getting more people to vote in Minnesota than ever before. And you're hearing that all over the country. You must vote. Get out to vote. No, if you're not interested enough to vote, then the hell with you. I'm not interested in your vote. Right. Right. All you do is disenfranchise me. Because I care. I know. I read. I look. I search. And then I go to the polls. We have, we have bollocked up the voting process. If it's not the questionability of uh, unrequested absentee ballots in the mail, it's the uh, uh, will people at home fill them out properly. Remember the scenes from 2000 when people were examining the, ch- the, the hanging chads? Yes. <laughs> well, now you're going to get the same film footage. Is this, is this oval filled in? Does that look filled in to oh you? Oh, my God. And how many selfies with my, with my ballot? Right, Look right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how did it come to pass that this country mails out, uh, more states than not, mail out unrequested ballots? That is ripe for scandal. It's one thing to go through a process like in Minnesota where you have to apply to get a ballot. <clears throat> There's one sitting, I, I have one. I don't want it. I've not already disposed of it. But the CP applied. She got one. That's how she's going to vote. That's on the up and up. If she doesn't screw up her ovals. <laughs> you should bring she, that up. Yeah, you should practice. Make sure she practices. <laughs> and tell her she's like she's really doing it right, but she's doing it wrong. Now you only have to go half full. 
You used to go in a machine. Uh, you know, you used to go in a, a puncher, a, like a confessional, uh, and, and draw the curtain behind yes. you, and then clunk, clunk, clunk. There that was, was no doubt. There was no doubt. And that was easy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was festive. It was a civic uh, day of festivity. So, for fun, as you were doing this, I went through the last one, two, three, four, five uh, election results for Minneapolis's 5th Congressional District because I was curious. Got it. Okay. Uh, in 2018... Ilhan defeated Jennifer Zelensky, and it wasn't close. She received yeah. 78% of the vote, and uh, total votes reported were 343,000. Ilhan got 267,000 of them. Uh, then Ellison, in 2016, there was 361,000 total votes, 249 for Ellison. Here's my point. Back in 2000, and uh, this would be 2014, there were only 230,000 uh, reported total votes. So we're talking an increase of about 150,000. Uh, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just saying that that's a significant increase when the population remained relatively the same, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thought I'd get a little pat on the back for doing some a research. Little research you know, off the under my direction, too. yeah. No, that's what you're <laughs> supposed to be doing. We're worried about screwing up the ovals. I talked to a woman yesterday on the phone. How'd it go? I was trying to find a place. It was out Egan Way. Mm. And I called her and she, uh, I said, are you east or west of 35E? No. And she she no. said, I don't know east or west. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. What was she? Did you ever find out? West. Got it. Good. I hope you let her know. Hope you let her know. Hope you Call did her, her a back. favor. Just in case you you know somebody else calls back and she knows west. We're west of 35. Joe, I know someone, and I'm not gonna out them, that cannot get anywhere unless they use the navigation on their phone. Come on. I'm not kidding. See, I pointed this out on Twitter, how disappointed I was that she didn't know west and east, and somebody said well, didn't you have your phone with you? Uh, oh. Making the presumption that apparently I was supposed to use navigation. But I, I don't like that. I, I just, you know, let me call you. Just tell me where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think you should know that. Uh, 35 is pretty main artery. Uh, well, I only use, I use the navigation, but I only do it in case there's an accident and it's going to reroute me to save me some time. That's the only reason why I use my navigation. Uh, let me tell you. How's it going? I, I uh, fully anticipated being in the studio today. Oh, what happened? And wanted to be. Yeah, what, where, why it's just better audio quality. Yeah. And I'm doing my best not to breathe, but you have to breathe. Right. Yeah, I think so. That's now, I broke my ankle yesterday. Ooh. What? Mm-hmm. You, you, you guys don't have to pretend you didn't know that. I told you that. Yeah, I, I know, but I haven't heard the story yet, though. Okay, well, first of all, let's clear up something. Yeah, let's... <laughs> I, I had a I had a question right off the bat to Reavers. Uh, you didn't have it, but it was um, nine thirty in the morning. And oh, by boy. the way, Rook, I had the same question for the mayor Did you? When, okay. he, when he dialed in this yeah, morning. Nine thirty is a little early. I'm gonna. I'm sorry that I doubted you. I, I mm-hmm. should apologize to you in person as a friend of mine. I 
I, I am feel bad that no. I that I doubted you immediately the first I broke my ankle. Oh man. It was a consensus. Can't wait to hear apparently. this one. <laughs> Nine thirty in the morning. Gotcha. Those mimosas hadn't kicked in yet, huh? I hadn't had a thing. Okay. You smart ass. <laughs> Picture an elevated green. Okay. Putting green. At the back of the green there's about a six to seven foot decline to a sand trap. Yes. And it's unmowed grass. It's long grass. And my ball ended up getting hung up in that that almost vertical drop of, of lawn. Okay. So I approached from the sand trap side and tried to climb up there, choke up on a wedge, and, and chip it onto the green. As I was choking up, I lost my footing. My I've got terribly comfortable golf shoes, but they just don't have enough purchase on long, wet grass. And down I started to go, and right away I knew my ankle was going in the wrong direction. Oh, wow. And then I heard it snap, just ah, like a twig. Ah. Just like a twig that snapped. Ah. And I thought, oh, I heard that. That's not a good sound. So I went yesterday and got an x-ray, and sure enough, it's uh, the tibia is fractured. And now I'm in one of those bleeping boots that I think are BS. I don't know what to think of them. And uh, then I got to go Friday to see an ankle guy, and he'll mm-hmm. tell me what we're going to do. What'd you get in the hole? I uh, I had they, to pick up because I couldn't stand up. Oh, okay. you t- took a four then, huh? Yeah. It's on the card? No, yeah. they're going to be okay. Well, well how does it feel right now? Is it swollen? What, describe oh, terribly, it. Oh, terribly, terribly. Terribly swollen. Well, you're probably, a break is better than a sprain, isn't it? I a sprain no is a much more painful. A break, yeah, you're going to have to repair a little bit longer, but... Aye, aye, aye. When did you become a doctor? He's, I got. I studied. I had. I took a couple classes at Brown. It was. Uh, it was health. Brown Institute. Well, the guy. The guy who was waiting on me at urgent care said, "You know, these things heal on their own. With you know, the body fills in the gap and the break, with whatever material the body produces to do such a thing, or you know, they they could say, why don't we just uh, put a plate in there and screw the bone back to the tibia?" Sure. And uh, but I've talked to some people who say you're probably better off just letting it heal. Sure. At the time of this accident, were you west or east of 35? <laughs> west. Okay. All right. You're just on the same side. There, there we go. go. There we go. Gotcha. <laughs> just just checking, making sure. You know, uh, really quick. Um, you you were mentioning long grass and golfing. Yes. About ten years ago. I was down in the Dallas-Fort Worth area visiting a friend of mine from college, and a bunch of us went down, including a friend of mine named Joe, not this Joe, but a buddy of mine, Joe, who's deathly afraid of snakes. And uh, we were about halfway through our round, and there was a report of a water moccasin that had gotten onto the course. And he was in the rough. I was maybe eight feet behind him, and I had my putter, (laughs) and I started rattling the grass. (laughs) And he he was a college football player, and he took off running all the way to the clubhouse. Oh, because the the warning set up the set it all up, set the stage for uh, chicanery that will come up at oh least uh, once a year. Uh, well, I got news for you. I'm now deathly afraid of hills. Why well, bet? I mean, there's some the ones that are damn near vertical. The hell with it. I'm not. If I got to take a penalty stroke, that's what I'm going to do. But you're afraid of snakes. I don't mind snakes. I don't mind snakes. Remember the time in the um, at the uh, we were in Maplewood, and you wanted me to grab the newspaper and bring you in the sports section during sports talk, mm-hmm. and I picked up the newspaper and there was a fresh rubber snake. 
that that wasn't Maplewood. Yeah, it's where we are right now. No. Yeah, I remember it because you scared the hell out of me. <laughs> it's it was in the the Hubbard building. Well, I don't. I remember the. I remember it being in Maplewood, but that's okay. Neither here. You probably that. did it twice. Scared the crap out of me. That uh, you got me. You got me back that day, though. But I don't really remember how. That's how with the snake under the under. The sna- under the uh, newspaper was a rubbery snake. That's why I remember because I was in the control room, and I must have got you another time with another snake. But I used to scare the crap out of those guys out in Maplewood. Anyway. Joe, a week ago I was passing through Hugo and couldn't help but stop at the Grunhoffers to pick up steaks and a package of Philly patties. I struggled to find them, and I asked a nice gentleman for help. And the first thing he said was, "Philly patties, huh? Must be a GLer." I threw them on. Uh, Threw them on the flat top with an extra slice of Swiss and a side of au jus. Hands down, my favorite new burger. This is signed by Derek. You're talking about that Philly patty, one of the new burgers at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, right on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. And when you're done, we have a ruling, by the way, but continue your ad for Grunhofer's. I think I know what the ruling is. Mm-hmm. The Philly patty, red and green peppers, onion, Swiss cheese, all mixed together in a third-pound beef patty. Throw those babies in a hoagie bun with some au jus. Au jus. Also, uh, wonderful, au jus. wonderful kinds of new brats keep getting invented. The Bloody Mary brought in your Bloody Mary. And uh, double-smoked bacon for your BLTs. Meatloaf. They can't make enough meatloaf because it's so good. They do, though. They strive to always please their customers. It's just the it's just been the best discovery GLers have made in the world of food. <laughs> Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's on Highway 61. right? At, and I'll tell you this, Rookie. It's yeah. just east of 61. There you go. Got it. On the east Got side it. of 61 <laughs> at the north end of Hugo. So Mr. Height made a run. Yep. Oh, I saw the weekend. That. Yeah, yep. Over the weekend. And I called him out saying... You're on double seeker probation because right. you forgot to notify the staff. His response was, "Well, I'm only there twice a week. I don't see you, and I don't see you guys every day because he's ex- doing the show from home." Are we going to accept that? Well, it's Joe's call. He's making a ruling. Not going to accept that. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you were going to let him off the hook. So, well, maybe we should let him off the hook because he doesn't ever come to the building. Right. Okay, but then what? What you're gonna? Uh, this, what's gonna happen to the staff is we're gonna have to go incognito. Sure. And they're gonna say, "Hey, you're rookie, aren't you?" No. You have no. to go shh, shh. Right. And then the third time, the cock crows, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out. Yeah. With the Groucho marks mustache. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the trench coat, eyeglass, or sunglasses. All right, boys. We'll be back shortly. Bruh. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Got another great email, boys. This time from Ron out in, where was Ron? Farmington. Uh, Ron said, Reavers, thank you so much for the recommendation of Chill Boys. Usually I don't agree with anything you say on GL. Oh, okay. But you were right about this. <laughs> well, thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. Uh, Ron made the switch to Chill Boys. You should do the same thing. Chillboys.com is their website, a local Minnesota company. The most comfortable underwear you will ever own. Rook, your hand is confession, up. Take it away. Confession time. I have to confess that I cheated on <gasps> Chill Boys. Uh, it was a random grab, and uh, I had the old pair of, of uh, underwears, 
And Chill Boys makes a huge difference. You that is it. not a lie. You regretted it right away, didn't I you? I regretted it right right away. It's not a lie. They are the most comfortable underwear I've ever had on. If you go to their website, you can see their entire selection of that comfortable underwear. They also have very cool and comfortable T-shirts and sunglasses. And all orders that are over $40 ship fast and free throughout the entire United States. Please place your order today, and when you do, make sure that you let them know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Hey, Joe, yeah. before you begin, um, I would like to uh, uh, tip the, my cap to someone, a listener uh, that we lost, uh, a classmate of mine, Dan Manley, who was a huge fan of Garage Logic to the point of coming out to see us every year at the State Fair, died of a heart attack at 51 years of age. Oh, man. He's a former Marine. He's got great living American status. I can't believe that we're all over 50 now, but, uh, and that was just, that was uh, yesterday. And uh, so my condolences, I don't know what family members, his brother Dennis might be a listener as well to the podcast, but our condolences to the uh, the Manley family in Semper Fi. Great, uh, great living American. Yes. Uh, Dear Mayor, on several recent episodes, you and the gang have been talking about pushback. Before I relate my story, I want to say that, like you, I am saddened by the loss of life and for anyone who suffered terribly with this virus. In spite of the challenge that the virus brings to some, I'd like to find a measure of logic and consistency as we navigate our brave new world. And now my personal pushback. I've been to the Eden Prairie Community Center twice in recent weeks for my son's fall league hockey games. In both visits, I, along with other fans near me, have been interrupted by what what I will now call the mask police. In the first instance, a woman with a piece of paper and a walkie-talkie came by and told us we had to pull our mask above our noses. Like sheep, we complied. This weekend, I decided to see what would happen if I pushed back. I wore my mask dutifully from the entrance to where I found a seat. Once there, I pulled it down. I do that so I can see my glasses fog up on every breath no matter what I do, and so I can breathe better. I equate this move to taking the mask off once you are seated in a restaurant. When the masked copper, a young male this time, approached me and told me to put my mask up, I merely ignored him. He repeated himself. I said, there's no one within six feet of me. What's the problem? You have to put your mask up, he said, with an increasingly snotty tone. And what if I don't, I asked. Then I'll have to call someone as he reached for his walkie-talkie. He called someone. At that point, I decided that this was the pushback I wanted for the day. I didn't want to be that guy that makes a huge scene over a mask. I didn't want to waste valuable police time if, indeed, the community center staff decided to push back on me that far. After after call, uh, after all, real coppers are in short supply these days. I merely wanted to see what the reaction was going to be. The point of my pushback isn't mask or no mask. If that was the case, I wouldn't have worn one. The point is the lack of common sense, garage logic, if you will, for the Eden Prairie Community Center to understand that even if I was spewing virus particles from my seat with no one 8 to 10 feet of me, no one would have been harmed. I just marvel that we as a society spend time and resources policing things that are so petty and so illogical while families continue to struggle with real issues like how to pay bills and feed their kids. Pushing back, oh, he's a guy that wants another name. This is Bert from Utah. <laughs> Forget the Eden Prairie part. This ah, is Bert, Bert from Utah. From Utah. Wow, those Utah got police. Yeah. yeah, I got another one where he wants a different name too. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. It's been a few weeks since I emailed, but I figured I would fill you in on the teachings of my communication class tonight. I will try to keep my personal feelings out of this as much as I can so people can come to their own conclusions. Please keep in mind as you read this that I am attending a four year nationally ranked university. 
and this is a required course for a communication minor. This week we had to watch two episodes of Netflix's Dear White People before class and related to critical race theory. In class, we had a discussion regarding critical race theory, and as a class, we had to break race down to its simplest forms. The conclusion that the class came up with in the end, white people created race in order to marginalize groups in order to hold power over them. Also, Chuck from Alabama had a great point. So make up some generic name for me and pick any state of your uh, choice. Just don't use my real name. Okay, this is Larry from Nebraska. No, Ah. this is Larry from Nebraska. Got it. And now Scott Matura, who I love always that this uses this, is becoming his... a thing, by the way. Well, you know, <laughs> right. remember to put it at the opening sentence of the email, right. not yeah. the last one. Right. <clears throat> now you'll recall last week we had a uh, a note from Scott Matura out in Montana, mm-hmm. and he was alluding to the idea that masks uh, represented something symbolic. And I said at the time, I, I he'll he'll hear me questioning that i wonder what he means by that do you recall that anybody um i think height was trying to remember well just let me uh he writes a long email just let me read that part and to john's question they are uh, the masks are symbolic of more i would make the case they are symbolic muzzle for kids to have entered this fall school year and suppress them by making them wear masks is a tragedy we are muffling their voices and hiding their identity reducing their instinctual social interaction by forcing our children to play in significantly smaller numbers than normal. We identify each other by facial features. We use this information to interpret and adapt to what we think the other person is thinking. We have removed this important piece of the learning puzzle from an entire generation's learning resources. But not to worry, those in power are right there to help us with that. Now tell me that this can't be directly linked to the failed academy. Losing businesses is tragic to those who have lost it, but much like when Kenny sells his home, someone else will gladly move in, accepting whatever comes with that. This then allows those in power to implement more and more regulations, limitations, and taxes with each new business owner. Baby steps. This, Joe, also links your question of a few weeks ago about people like George Soros. What's in it for him? More and more control. What they are doing is creating young, antisocial, compliant, moldable, moldable plebes. They are conditioning our children to not only be controlled by the government, to become reliant on the government. We are creating a generation, maybe two, that do not know life without a smartphone, a tool, or you could make the argument a weapon to be used to, discreet, to decrease social interaction. How many times do you see young people lacking basic communication, etiquette, and social skills as they spend half their waking hours looking down? Only now, in the other hours they are looking up, they are masked and hiding key facial features, expressions, and emotions. How are you to interpret other people in society? Well, again, we have the political class to guide you. So when the phrase, the new normal, is used, it makes me cringe because it is the exact opposite of pushing back. It is consciously docile acceptance. We joked that in our house the phrase, the new normal, is forbidden. Joe, if there's one thing I do not like, it's control. And this has been a giant leap towards control. Does it not strike more people that it also happens to come when we have a president who, warts and all, and there are many, has completely bucked the system and overturned the apple cart? This is what I meant by connecting the dots. 
P.S. Reavers kids saying they didn't talk to anyone in school. That is not the first time I've heard that. I could Scott. not possibly agree with that email anymore. Mm-hmm. Well done, Scott. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I know I said this last week, but again, I, I, I went to pick them up on Friday. Usually my wife is the one that picks them up from school. And I went to pick them up on Friday. And my older son, who's already, you know, he's in third grade. He's got his buddies because they have Correct. all gone to school together for three years. And my youngest walked out by himself. And he's a very social kid. You guys have met him. Yeah. He's hell on wheels when he's, you know, when he's comfortable and he's around people he knows. But he, he came out by himself. And I said, oh, hey, who did you meet today? And I'm, we're always talking about that. I'm, I'm really worried about what this is doing to kids. Yep. I do not have. Why not, is this so loud? I don't know, but you're popping really bad right now. God, but, I can't stand this. But I will. It. I'm gonna say this also. I know the virus is real. I don't want grandma to die, so don't email me. There it is. Now is it better? Yes, much better. I couldn't get from parking at Hubbard to the studio. Otherwise, I'd be there. You can park in the visitor spot. No, that's how, that's how, I mean, maybe in a few days it'll clear up enough to at least limp around. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. I miss seeing you, old boy. Huh? What a nice pair of crutches. I got some here. There's some in the house, but I don't know how to use them. What? Um, are you east or west of 35? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know how to use them. Uh, it's a little, you know, it's kind of a rhythm deal. I don't, uh, I can't quite figure <laughs> it out. I don't know whether to use one or two or. You got to use two. At your age, you got to use two. You're going to fall. Yeah, you definitely need two. Is much easier to navigate than one. You know, when you go to Walmart, you'll be able to get one of those uh, motor scooters, the mobility scooters, and you just all you have to do is you just push your way through. There's no if you're backing up, you don't even have to look. You just go, and people will get out of your way. Yeah, you know a guy that 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 likes. I remember my dad. He did a right. Boom, he was going. But he could stand for the sausage. He could stand all the way up and grab the Jim Beam, or not Jimmy Jim Beam, Dean. Jimmy Dean sausage. He was fine there. But once he started rolling, get the hell out of the way in the produce section. I love that story. Are you going to a Walmart? You you won't be able to shop with this boot on or no? I'm not. I wasn't going to a Walmart. Got it. I don't know where that came from. I wanted to tell you this. Many people continue to, uh, as, as even as the show progresses here, Many people are, I'll fix this microphone, God. Many people are uh, still, uh, Jordy just weighed in. Did you see the Project Veritas thing? Kelsey, many people. Here, here's what I think. Uh, GLers, you're going to find it interesting. We're talking about the alleged ballot harvesting that benefits the likes of Ilhan Omar. But I maintain that it's offered without much clarity. And we're not going to link it, but you can easily find it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much everywhere right now. And you can draw your own conclusions. I find it all terribly believable. But I need more dots connected. But the fact that it, it isn't being uh, investigated on other platforms is flat out right. embarrassing. That's yeah, something that should not just be let go. No. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a new law on Saturday allowing transgender inmates to be placed in prisons based on their gender identity. Oh. I don't think anything bad will be a result in that. Mm -hmm. Previously, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation housed men and women in separate correctional facilities, and transgender inmates were housed based on their biological sex. The new California law law will allow, just a minute, I'm having a Roycey-like gas attack, 
Bless you. Okay. You sounds good. I think you're all right. The new California law will allow transgender inmates to be housed based on their gender identity rather than their sex assigned at birth. Rather than their sex assigned at birth. Words mean something. Right. You have nothing assigned to you at birth. Why do they like to phrase it like that? You're either a male or a female at birth. You, you, you don't get an assignment. You got one or you don't. Right. The Transgender Respect, Agency, and Dignity Act notes that officers must privacy, privately ask inmates during the intake process on how they identify. Transgender, non-binary, or intersex inmates can request to be placed in a facility that houses either men or women based on how they identify. The law says the CDCR cannot deny requests for the preferred prison based solely on the inmate's anatomy, sexual orientation, or a factor present among other inmates at the facility. In the meantime, what's happening in California? Well, let me, no, no, let me ask you that in a moment. The law also requires officers to address transgender inmates based on the pronouns of their choice. Senator Scott Weiner, a Democrat from San Francisco who authored the bill, said that SB 132 would protect particularly trans women are subject to high levels of assault and harassment in men's facilities. He's the guy that uh, got the punishment lowered for pedophilia. Ah, yep. Yep. good man. Yeah. And that was, a, that was in the name of being progressive in the LGBTQ community, correct? Well, yeah. Gotcha. In, in the meantime, <clears throat> what's happening in California? It's burning. It's on fire again. That's California's biggest political problem. Not these things that Gavin Newsom signs into law on weekends, hoping to not maybe get enough attention or much attention. I am struggling today with this microphone. You really are. I, I just apologize. Is it worn out? I, I just apologize profusely. Let's take a break. Let me see if I can adjust something. Okay, let's do that. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Man, he's good. I wish I could do that. What are we doing? Uh, the show. Well, you said you had to have oh, something. Oh, I, I, I didn't know if you wanted it right away or not. Um, this is now circulating in regards to... The president and his uh, past taxes. Uh, and this is part of the New York Times Trump tax story. It's a couple of paragraphs that I think are worth reading because I know this will end up getting sent to us a bunch of times by GLers, but it's worth bringing up. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, as he settled into the Oval Office, his tax bill soon returned to form. His potential taxable income in 2016 and 2017 included $24.8 million in profits from sources related to his celebrity status and $56.4 million for the loans he did not repay. The dreaded alternative minimum tax would let his business losses erase only some of his liability. Each time he requested an extension to file his 1040, and each time he made the required payment to the IRS for income taxes he might owe, $1 million for 2016 and $4.2 million for 2017. But virtually all of that liability was washed away when he eventually filed, and most of the payments were rolled forward to cover potential taxes in future years. So people are going to say it wasn't just $750. He did pay $1 million Got it. in 2016 and $4.2 million in 2017. Well, again, and... 
so far, no, nothing illegal has been suggested. Right. But I just want, I just wanted to put that out there because I know we're going to be bombarded with that in response to the show today. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail Hail you! you. First, I would like to say thank you for your sage ruling regarding our daughter's name. We adhered to the mayoral ruling, and Hannah Lynn Knudsen is now five months old and is already being educated in the ways of garage logic. Let me stop right there. Why would we have foghorned Hannah? Ah, We didn't. We didn't, obviously. Right. But why why would he think that that might have been a questionable name it's spelled correctly i was going to say if it's unconventionally spelled maybe but not if it's conventionally spelled second i would like to alert you to a gentleman who is also contributing to the hope on the river expedition charlie Ide, owner of idcom which is a locally owned broadcasting and media production company has donated the media and broadcasting equipment to allow eric mishy who is out of his mind by the way to be able to broadcast his progress down the river over the internet Charlie is the type of guy that will give you the shirt off his back and then try to give you the cash out of his wallet, all the while being frustrated he could not help further. I have personally experienced his excellence in character when I was at my lowest, a story for another time. He was apprehensive about this being emailed to you to the point of me having to pester him to allow me to write this and get him some recognition for his contribution to the project. I know numerous people have supported Mr. Mishy and his expedition, and I feel Charlie Ide and Idecom should be recognized as well. Well, here, here, okay. and so should uh, so should EcoFun Motorsports. They're not, they're not on the journey, of course, but they're donating a hundred dollars. Only a few more days. All September, they've been donating a hundred dollars from every scooter and e-bike purchase. They they're going to raise eight to ten thousand dollars at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake to help out Mishy's Spare Key Foundation. Uh, so you've got, what, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday left. That's right. Nice. There's, and that take advantage of this great sale prices in all Bentelli e-bikes and scooters, the same low prices GLers have paid all summer. Mention Garage Logic over the next three days and 100 bucks from every scooter and e-bike purchase uh, through Wednesday will be donated to Hope on the River. This is EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, right on Highway 61, full line of Yamaha products, great recreational equipment for kids, helmets, apparel, a great service department, and that really, really popular Bentelli e-bike. Tim Bloom says they've had the best year in their 12-year history, and uh, their good graces are going to be extended to spare key with 100 bucks from every scooter and bike purchase through Wednesday. They've been doing that all month long. Jordy notes that we're having a, we're having 13 full supermoons this year. Whoa. And Come there on. will also be two full moons in the month of October alone, the second of which is called a blue moon. Here's the special and somewhat eerie part. The blue moon will fall on Halloween night. Come on. Blue moons typically happen once every two or three years, but it's even more rare to have it on Halloween. The next blue moon to fall on Halloween will be in 20. 39 good luck jordy and that's a shame because there'll be no halloween this year in the conventional sense uh we will be we will be recommended to not partake of halloween i don't i don't know why you go through drive-thrus um what's the what's the difference between social distancing candy you know it's a really good idea and i'm really thinking about doing it Hmm. getting a a gutter the candy shoot yeah the candy shoot yeah, and have it inside your house. That's and then brilliant. Just, and it slides down to the kids. You can, might have three. Say which one do you think it's going to be: the middle, the right, or the left? Boy, 
Boom. That's brilliant. It's pretty darn good. And I stole that from somebody. I didn't make it up. Oh, you see, don't say that part. Oh, yeah, I'm really smart. I've made it up. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from where? Mumbai, India. India. Our friend Tom Lyman. You get my text there, kiddo? Just a minute. <laughs> Okay, now I have to let the listeners Yeah, tell everybody. This is full disclosure when I'm here. Do you think, Matt, that that has not occurred to me? That was pretty damn I sent him a picture of the kink in the cord that I'm struggling with, and he texts back, well, untangle the damn thing. It looks like I do, and it just wants to immediately kink back up again. It looks like you did a couple of ring around the rosies on it, and you're... No, it is tight. Read, you got to read it the way Rook wrote it. You sent us the picture, and it says this bleeping cord is, or the link cord. And Rook says, "We'll untangle the thing then." Yeah. Well, I can't. That's untangle the, the damn thing then. <laughs> That's right. I can't. Oh. Okay. How you doing? I'll come over after the show and give it a look. And on this day, oh yeah, in Minnesota history, September twenty eighth, nineteen fifty five, the final game at Nicollet Park. The Minneapolis Millers played the Rochester Red Wings, winning the Junior World Series 9-4. After Nicollet Park was demolished, the Millers' home would be Metropolitan Stadium until the Twins replaced them. And also, Kelsey provides this note on this day in history. I'm but sorry. Not- Let me just, did they build Metropolitan Stadium for those guys? Or was it already there? No, Metropolitan Stadium replaced Nicollet Park. I'm sure it was... Uh, it would be the Millers' new home, but I'm sure it was it was in the planning to bring a major league okay. team here by having that park available. Understood. Thank you. Also on this day in history, but not not Minnesota history, in 1941 on September 28th, Ted Williams of the Red Sox finishes the season with a 4.06 batting average, mm-hmm. the last major leaguer to top the 400 mark. But here's the interesting thing about it: they were in Philadelphia. Williams was offered the opportunity to sit out the last day of the season insured of topping 400, but he elected to play instead and went six for eight in that day's doubleheader. <laughs> I love that. Isn't that, that. something? Else? I love that. Would the modern athlete, uh, I, I can see the modern coddled baseball player yeah. would have taken that offer yep. and sat on the bench. Taking Sad, her down. Sadly, I agree with you. I, because I don't, there I would have been think. something in the contract that would have rewarded him immensely for hitting 400. Although, it's never been done. Wait a minute. Uh, Maybe we can discuss this with Patrick during sports talk, but I believe the year that Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown, I think he played on the final day. I'd, I'd have to look it up, um, but he also had because he wanted to, you know, he would have been the first Triple Crown winner in a long time. But I think he also elected to play on the final, the final day. And I'm looking at Joe Maurer. His best year was 2009, 365. Wow, that's. Well, Rodney came close, didn't he, Joe? Three eighty-eight, and so did George Brett, I believe. George Brett had a three eighty or three ninety season. Uh, Rook, look it up real quick. Nineteen seventy-seven, I think Carew was three eighty-eight. All right, let's see. And I think that's the closest to Ted Williams ever, isn't it? Well, no, I think George Brett had a three eighty or three ninety. I'll look up George Brett right now. Well, there's a big difference between three eighty and three ninety because I'm pretty sure Carew was three eighty-eight. In 1977. Carew was 388 in 77. You got a mind like a steel trap. And in 1980, George Brett hit 390 in 1980. 
Okay, the that's year, then he's the closest to Ted. Yeah, the year that he won the MVP. Boy, was he's he the ever. closest to Ted, followed by Carew. He's also one whale of a storyteller. Yes, he is. <laughs> Carew from 72, 318, 350, 364, 359, 331, 388, and 333. Wow. Unbelievable. Really something. He that really is just he could hit, man. Oof. Yeah, Brett was good for two or three of those a year, he would tell a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you haven't seen George Brett um, having an accident uh, in Vegas, the story on YouTube, do yourself a favor and look it up. It's it's Lee Elia funny. It's, uh, it's very entertaining. Well, <laughs> did you guys see the video of uh, uh, Gerald Nadler the other day standing next to Nancy Pelosi? No. No. Oh, my God. Get it up right now. Wait, I will find it. <laughs> he uh, okay. Give me the name again. I'm sorry, Gerald, Gerald Nadler, Gerald congressman. Nadler. Uh, he's with Nancy Pelosi. He appears to become ill. Okay, uh, I think you should be able to find it with those. Oh no, clues. Now watch his behavior. <laughs> Come on. Yep, he breaded it. He George breaded it. No. He had to. He had to. Wait, is this where Nancy's wearing the blue dress? I don't know. Okay. Look, Ruck. he's he's to her right, Ruck, and you can this. see him kind of waddle off stage. He's got the he's got the uh, the quick steps. You know the yeah. uh oh uh oh we got an issue oh, here. No 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I think he. Uh, yeah. I think he had what we call an accident. He went George Brett. Oh. <laughs> No, why did you show me this? Well, oh, isn't you, that something? You almost feel bad for the poor guy. Well, to uh, a point. I don't. I don't. Well, okay. Oh, I, didn't, I did not see this. Yeah. The uh, the comments underneath the video are um are pretty good, too, by the way. Uh, oh, I would think so. I didn't bother to check that out. Poor Jerry. <laughs> oh. Nads. What's up, Nads? I think that's called a shart. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. What are we hearing now? What's that? I got a video up of a woman. No. Opening something. Uh huh. Oh, what am I in for here? Okay. I better watch it in case she swears. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. That's why I'm kind of pulling you down. It's it's a woman opening a present from Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is sent to me by a GLer. Okay. It, it's a. Uh, it, uh, it's a book. Uh, what's the title? Reasons to Vote for Democrats. It's about 200 empty pages. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good uh, one. Wasn't that funny? Yeah. Okay, boys. <laughs> you think that's going to do it for today? I think so. <laughs> I'm going to go get some more ice for the old limb here. That uh, sounds like a good plan there, cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Need some help uh, getting around. Is she helping you, uh, escorting you around the house? Uh, not really, but she's been helpful. I got you. I got yeah. you. I got yeah. you. Remember, it's the... Uh, hey, silver lining. At least it happened at the end of September as opposed to the middle of June. That's true. Exactly. You exactly. Know? That would be a tough one for you. Yeah. Um, Pod MN is where you can find all of your Minnesota podcasts. They're available to you free of charge at Pod MN on your smartphone, podmn.com on your laptop, or table desktop computer remember that podmn.com wow that's a good monday show i think
That's funny. You untangling that stuff now? I can't. It will not untangle. Come on, bro. 